Welcome to another episode of the Bit by Bit podcast, another entry in the Bit by Tyrion, uh, the Bit by Tyrion collection. We're back the month of November, so you know we got to have another entry in uh, our collection, you know, with family films. We've kicked our Disney films to the side, something more serious. This entry, Love and Basketball, a classic in the streets. One of your favorites. Yeah, this is a very near and dear movie to my heart. I'm not sure why. I think it's just because I watched it all the time when I was younger, and it was a basketball movie. I'm going to say, why do you actually like, give me some more background to it. Why do you like this movie? Because I think the whole time I've known you, you love this movie. Like, don't you own this movie? (laughs) I might own the DVD. I'm not sure. I don't have it with me. But it might be like somewhere in a family member's home. But I think, yeah, I think it's just because I watched it so much when I was younger and it dealt with basketball and, you know, I like Sanaa Lathan. So, <laughs> and then Kyla Pratt was in it. So I don't know. It was just one of those movies you grew up on seeing all the time. So I guess it kind of like conditions you to really hold it high in value um was it gina prince bythewood and at the time i don't know if she was gina prince bythewood i know at the end of the movie it says it but i had heard or read somewhere i don't know if she was married yet and her name was just gina prince but uh i don't know it might have just been gina prince bythewood she met her husband during the process of creating this movie, um, which is really cool, but yeah, so now late then Omar Epps, which is interesting because his name is Quincy McCall in this, and then also his name was Q and Juice. And I, when watching it again, I was like, wait a minute, his name is Q and Juice and Quincy in this song. Is there a correlation between the two? Well, also. In Higher Learning, he's with Tyra Banks. Mm-hmm. And then in this movie, uh, he's getting married to Tyra Banks. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that's an educated man. <laughs> <laughs> who, who likes athletics. <laughs> and they're set during the same time period. Yeah. Dude, no, I don't think the Higher Learning College was USC, but it was close, I think. I think, yeah, I think they're a lot closer. Um, So I thought just right off the bat, you brought up Kyla Pratt, you know, um, somebody who if you're, I think, what would it be, like an 80s baby, 90s baby, you, it's impossible not to know who Kyla Pratt is. She definitely was on your screen at one point. Like, she was in almost every TV show. If you know who the Proud family, what that show is, what is it, one-on-one? She was mm-hmm. that, um and all types of things of that and then you know in this in Doctor Doolittle. Yeah, she played she played the kid in just so many shows. Mm-hmm. And she she played like the bad kid. She was always the bad kid. Um the daughter and then now 
she usually plays like a mom role in certain things. So I thought that was interesting to see her in this, like revisiting this movie. Um, and then this movie started off with Al Green on it too, which was always an indicator. I realized when I was a kid, if your movie started off with Al Green in it, your movie is gonna be good. Cause I I have to I have to say, this movie has my favorite soundtrack ever. Oh wow! It, there's so there's so many good songs on there. No, I got some good ones. Yeah, the soundtrack is one of my favorites. I used to when I used to work, uh, I think like 2018, 2019. Um, I used to have Spotify at my desk, and I don't use Spotify regularly, but I would always pull the soundtrack up because I think somebody made a playlist or something and that's all I would listen to. Is the Love and Basketball soundtrack? Yeah. I mean it from listening to it in the movie, just the songs they had, I was like, okay, this is it's pretty good. Like that's all I was thinking about. Like it's got some pretty good songs because they're songs of the time period of mm-hmm. the movie. Like that you would have um like you know of this period piece of the movie. So it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. so what did you think about the chapters uh, in the movie so like usually most movies they have the title card and they'd be like oh chapter one or whatever I thought this was interesting because it did it in quarters yeah and, like first quarter and then the year I thought that was pretty interesting you know you're more of a sports person than I am I watch sports but I don't really get into the analytics of it um, as you do what did you think about that I, I thought it was interesting. Um, the quarters definitely weren't structured like <laughs> fairly because the first quarter is really like three scenes and just them as kids. Um, but I think you get enough out of each quarter to where it kind of like fits. But I will say one of my problems with it when revisiting uh, when I just watched was that the structure feels like, and maybe I think it's just the fourth quarter, uh, but it feels like it just falls off the rails. And it's like, they haven't seen each other in six years. Mm. You can tell these characters haven't been around each other. And all of a sudden, you know, their feelings are right back the same. They've been yearning for each other and all this. It's like one big event after another where it doesn't feel like um, there's chemistry there. So if to the people listening, if you haven't seen Love and Basketball, um, like I said, the movie's structured in um, quarters. So just like any movie, uh, beginning, middle, and end. And the first quarter is structured with them as children. Uh, what is it? Second quarter is... The, Second quarter is high school. High school third is college and it really focuses a lot more on the college years um Mm -hmm. it's like but college is like what is she in the WNBA no uh college is just college Um, Mm -hmm. and then fourth is somewhat WNBA slash no um just like yeah it's W or it's like uh, her overseas and like post-career overseas Um, yeah post-career getting a job at her dad's bank and then Q get or Quincy gets hurt because uh, he plays for the Lakers um, mm-hmm. and then she ends up going meeting him and it's like this huge rush you're right it's just like everything she comes back she sees him he's married getting engaged to Tyra Banks and they have that infamous scene where they start uh they fall in love again 
and what is it uh what's the line uh i'll play you double or nothing yeah or something like uh i'll play you for your heart or something yeah i'll play you for the the scene almost everyone in a relationship tries to recreate almost every couple in a college go to any college any hbcu any college right now in america there's a couple in what what's the What's the dimensions of a college dorm room? That's the smallest quarters. <laughs> and what's those little hoops, the little basketball hoops? Yeah, the ones you like stick on the door, uh, the top of the door. The, the, guy, does... the guy has either a tank top on or shirtless, and he's like, I'll play you for your heart. There's someone trying to recreate that scene. It's almost everywhere. <laughs> and he's probably like on a Z-list athlete. And he's like, I'll play you for your heart. This isn't a diss to him. Like, hey, if it works, it works. But everyone tries to recreate this scene for whatever reason. But the the last part, I understand what you're getting at. It does feel like it all happened once. Yeah, they completely rushed the ending. Um, when I think chapters two and three, you really felt engrossed in that time. Mm-hmm. Um. Whereas you don't really feel that in the fourth. It just feels like these characters have spent so much time away from each other. How how do these feelings just come back like that? And he really just he really just gets rid of Tyra Banks off a whim of a basketball game. It just it just feels too implausible. I mean, I guess he was you know, it's it's love. I, I don't know. It's uh you know, it's the, the love. I, I mean I get it. It just it just feels really rushed. I could see that. Yeah, watching it now, um, now older, it I get it. I truly understand your point. Um, and now with the background of film and writing, it I I completely understand your point. But at the same time, I understand writing a lot more. And then you know there probably was a longer aspect to the film. And, you know, now this film has been put into the actual Criterion collection. And it's yeah. probably like, you know, this massive amount that there is like a director's cut. Um, what do you think about Alfre Woodard, who plays the mom in this film? And that speech she gives her, gives Annihilate um in the kitchen. The one where she slaps her? Okay, yeah, there's this... <laughs> there's a huge huge moment yeah where she slaps her but kind of like that uh the scene where uh monica tells her mom like you know you're nothing but a housewife and you kind of just set your own goals to the side um i don't know i like alfred wood alfred wood's performance but i don't think there was enough there to where it felt like that scene was justified uh, because I think there's one scene where um, Monica's getting her hair done and Alfre Woodard comes in and uh, gives her the pearls or something. Mm-hmm. And the, she for the dance. Yeah, she asked the uh, the dad comes in with pizza or something. I'm not mm-hmm. not sure, but there's there's a look Alfre Woodard gives that you can tell um, she feels a certain way. But that's the only time we really see where she feels like stuck as a housewife or that's um, how Monica sees her. That's like the only scene, I think, that really encapsulate that. So to have that conversation um, at the end where it's like super heated 
and Monica saying all of these things. Like, I get it, but you don't really see that throughout the rest of the movie. Hey guys, how's it going? It's Malik here. You're listening to the Bit by Big podcast. Thank you. Um, what about the scene of, or not even the scene, the character of the dad, uh, Quincy's dad, um, the Allstate guy. <laughs> the, I didn't want to call him that. Uh, Dennis Haysbert. I didn't want to call him Zeke McCall. I was like, I'm not going to call him the Allstate guy. He's more than Dennis Haysbert. He's more than the Allstate guy. He, of our generation, he's he kind of teeters between both of them, uh, the actor Dennis Haysbert and the Allstate guy. But, as, as Ye would call him, the fake Denzel. <laughs> I don't know. I ain't really like the I ain't really like him in this movie. Really? Uh he he came off as just like a villain, like in this movie. Yeah. He really was like a villain the whole movie, which is so crazy watching him in this. Cause he I don't want to say he's like a deadbeat dad, but he really was not the guy you're rooting for. Like, not even just the cheating on his wife, because uh, that was bad. That was just really, really bad. But at the same time, you're just not there for your family. You're lying the whole time. And then you just kind of seem like you're just braggadocious about every single thing you're doing. Like, oh, yeah, I did this when I was in the league. I'm staying out late. That's why his wife asked him, oh, well, how do you have a meeting at 1 o'clock in the morning? Well, I'm a scout. I want to get in the offices, don't I, at 1 in the morning? Really? <laughs> it. He was very one note to me. Uh, there were no like redeemable qualities other than he was a former NBA player. Yes. Uh, in the beginning, and I can't remember if him and Quincy really make up in the end, but yeah, he was he didn't really have any redeemable qualities. He was just the dad that was around that Quincy looked up to, and then when he his true colors were shown, that was like the end of <laughs> the end of it. Yeah, I don't think they make up in the end. Once uh, once he lies to Quincy and he's like, oh, yeah, I was going to tell you, there's this woman that was around all of us uh, when we used to be on the road, and she's trying to put this baby on me. And mm-hmm. I didn't sleep with this woman. And next thing you know, here goes the DNA test in the pictures. Oh, well, she's trying to say this baby's mine. It can't be mine, even though DNA says it is mine. Like, what? why'd you lie about it? And then you're on downplay, like, yeah, come on, man. Like, it's a sleaze ball. You're a sleaze ball, buddy. I think they gave him, like, just enough to where we saw what his character was, but there was no, like, nuance in it. Because I think there's one scene where you pretty much see, like, what type of daddy is. I think it's in the beginning where, um, or second quarter, I think. It was first or second card. I can't remember, but I think Quincy says, uh, I can't do this shit or something. And he's like, don't say that word. And you think yeah. he'd say uh, uh, shit, but he was like, can't, shouldn't be in a man's vocabulary. And I'm like, all right, that's that's exactly, you get exactly what type of daddy is. Uh, it's the first quarter at the beginning. Uh, it's like, I think like maybe the first couple scenes. Like, right when mm-hmm. you're first getting to know Quincy. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, they have some interesting characters, but as a dynamic of a movie about family within itself, it's interesting because 
it's a film that takes and maybe I'm far reaching, so stop me full throttle if I am reaching. But mm-hmm. it's two characters who are having issues within their own family and they end up building this bond within each other out of like love and build like their own personal like love for each other and kind of later on obviously they build their own family like the scene that i think i love the most out of this is when uh quincy's dad and his mom are fighting and quincy goes and sneaks out his room and goes over to Mm -hmm. monica's house and sleeps on the floor this Mm -hmm. is where they start dating like once they're in as teenagers in the second quarter yeah that's like the best scene ever out of this whole movie like i love the movie but that's my favorite scene and she just like raises the window throws in the pillow and the covers and just like here like oh they're yeah. again here you go just sleep on the floor i think that really encapsulates uh what their relationship is yeah um they've been around each other enough and uh they know what's going on at each other's homes so they have that like comfortability and we see that, uh, and then it manifests throughout the rest of the movie. It's I don't know it. I I rated uh, Love and Basketball. Uh, IMDb is a seven point two. I gave it a seven out of ten. I'm not asking you for a rating if you don't have one. Uh, I mean, if you do, you do. But and I'll put you on the spot about it. I gave it a seven because it's up there for me. It's it's a great movie. I'm like I don't know. It's just one of those ones, man. I I will ask you, what did you think about the basketball scenes? I've seen a lot of terrible basketball in my day. Um, This, I believed. I will say that. uh, I think from knowing you for a great portion of my life, you've definitely changed my opinion on basketball and film. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. So (laughs) I've definitely now looked at basketball differently. Um, I I enjoyed it to the point where I'm like, okay, especially due to the fact that they don't focus too much on basketball, where mm-hmm. it's like most films, you watch it and you're like, oh man, this is really bad because you really are focusing on basketball and mm-hmm. this is not realistic. With this, you really are focusing on the emotions of the person, like the interpersonal aspect of the characters um, and the actors. So it's like, okay, this is more so about the actors or about the characters. So the basketball is kind of second nature. Um, Mm -hmm. I believed it. I didn't know Gina Prince-Bythewood was one of the actors in one of the scenes. When Monica goes down, I think it might be like one of the championship games in the second quarter, Gina Prince Bythewood is one of the people that slaps the ball out of her hand. Uh, it's like mm-hmm. you, I think you even could Google it because it's like one of the famous photos. Actually, um, I never noticed that was her. Like it's so crazy, but I believe it. What about you? What do you think about it? Uh, I really liked it. I think the um, I'm not sure if it's the championship game or if it's the first game, mm. but they shoot it to where it's like Monica's POV and we're hearing her like thoughts uh, as she's like doing the actions. And I don't know, it's just just so good because you're like in that moment with her um, and it feels very realistic. 
So I I really like the basketball scenes. Um, the college stuff, the college basketball stuff is um, is cool, but it's kind of how we see most movies and TV shows shot for basketball. Yeah, I I think Monica's like high school stuff. Um, it's really good because we're like solely centered on Monica's like mm-hmm. inner character. Um, then when she goes to the bench, um, you see like her emotion and all that. It, I, I I think it's really good. No, I 100% agree. When I thought I was thinking the exact same thing when it focuses on her when she's in high school, it's like some of the best stuff because you strictly focus on her emotions and it's like, wow, this is beautiful because Mm -hmm. you were strictly getting her and you're constantly wondering what is she going to do? Cause you know, they've already labeled her kind of like, it's this hothead, um, Mm -hmm. great basketball player, but how is she going to handle these situations? Then yeah, the college basketball, it kind of just flips between, okay, he's having a good game. She's having a terrible game. He's playing in this huge stadium she's playing in a closet like yeah <laughs> her, her games were in like i don't even know the smallest ymca closet i was like yeah alley gym that y'all had these women playing in like oh my gosh the women had more dedicated fans it felt like yeah at games the men had like the laziest fans and the women had like legit fans and they yeah. were really playing it was really like serious I couldn't understand it, but I don't know. Um, loving basketball is it's, it's a classic, man. I also ask, what did you think about Quincy as like a character and his character arc? Mm, it's a good question. I I don't know, man. It's something about uh, dang. You should have texted me that one in advance. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. See, I don't know. I'll say, I don't know if it was Omar Epps acting or not, but the character wasn't good to me. He had no, he had no real redeemable qualities either. Mm. Because it was like, why are you so in love with this nigga? And uh, I think also, uh, because I saw the Prim's uh, YouTube video, and he really highlighted it. But it really got me to thinking, like, what has Quincy ever done that was, like, nice for Monica? That's what other, than, other than, like, being her next-door neighbor and coming to her games and shit. That's why when you just asked me that question, I didn't want to say it, but I was thinking it, and I'm trying to think in my head. I'm like, I don't want to say it's Omar Epps, but it's just, like, I don't. I can't think of anything nice about it because it's like I don't know anything nice about this character. He's never done anything nice for them two hours I sat there to watch the movie. He didn't fight a guy. He didn't open a car door. All he did was he knew her game stats. He yeah. knew the statistics. And, then, and I'm like anybody could have known that. He got mad when he found out his dad was cheating and then she was like, well, I have practice for a championship. I'm getting a start. I'm a freshman. You gonna leave me? You got a curfew? And she was like, well, yeah, I can't. This is a huge opportunity. All right. And then he started cheating. I was like, wait a minute. Like, 
y'all supposed to be ride or die and he well so what I'm like wait a minute so what that's why I pause when you just ask me that because it's like there's nothing actually good about this guy <laughs> nothing at all even during the high school scenes uh I mean he was there and they had chemistry but he did nothing other than know her basketball stats and kind of be around for her he didn't do nothing i mean even as a kid he pushed her i was like i don't get it he didn't even give her a ride he was like dude i don't know man he the villain honestly um because he was a hater in the the basketball game at first pushed her down then he was oh you want to be my girl and then when she wouldn't ride on the bike with him, he was like, all right. You anyways. Yeah. I think I got that. Oh, I, I do. I got that in my notes. Quincy being a hater as a kid. It's like right here. <laughs> like, I, there's nothing about him that I liked, honestly, for them two hours watching that movie. So that's why I paused when you said it. Because it's like, there's nothing actually about Quincy. Because I, I couldn't understand who is the movie about. Is it about him? Or is it really about her? Or is it about both of them? Because he's really the antagonist of the movie. It's, it's more so about her. Um, but their love is so weird because it's really just one-sided. Yeah. She loves him. And then he like, oh, I guess I'm going to love you. And it's like, why? Why do you and he want it, not to go back to Prim's review, but yeah, he wanted every other girl in the movie but her at most points. And then she was messing with the college dude. When she was uh, uh, Boris Kojo, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Which, um, ain't this dude like a senior in college? Yeah, he, he was a little weird. Yeah, I was like, okay, this kind of wild. Uh, what, what's Regina Hall along? I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> She, I didn't hook you up, girl. Um, what a man, a thirty-five-year-old man with like a sixteen-year-old girl. Like, okay, what is this movie? <laughs> On the two thousands, it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Quincy was he he the antagonist of the movie? Pretty much, he was just reinforcing the gender roles that they hit on during the whole movie. All he had to offer was stats. And hey, you want to come play basketball? It's really, yeah, the really the equivalent of you up at three a.m. 